Empire. The pandemic showcased the need for monitoring the betting markets. Last year, we, we monitored over 600,000 sports tipsters around the world, and it was just over 500 that, that were uh, deemed as, as suspicious. But really, what the, 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 you know, the any matchups, of course, is, is detrimental. That's Andy Cunningham, head of integrity at Sport Radar, where oversight matters as the gambling markets widen. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. During the pandemic, sports shut down. Well, not all of them. And the interest in action was founded some unusual corners. Think Eastern European table tennis and low tier soccer leagues. It was an interesting year for Andy Cunningham and his team at Sport Radar, where ensuring that the games are not compromised is still the primary goal. Our guest this week is the head of integrity at Sport Radar, Andy Cunningham, as we look into match fixing and all the issues in and around keeping the integrity in the games that we watch and, of course, bet on. Hey, Andy, how are you? Hey, Brad, I'm good, thanks. And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on, on the show. Um, let's talk a little bit about the pandemic for a moment. Um, how has this kind of creeped into Sport Radar's world what issues have you come across as the pandemic has uh, happened here worldwide? Yeah, so in, in my sort of specialist area in division at Sport Radar, which is uh, integrity services, where I guess I'll probably briefly I'll explain what we do and, and what that is. You know, we we uh, are a small but important division of, of Sport Radar, about a, a hundred uh, individuals who essentially use the data and technology we have at the company to help support bodies, governments, and law enforcement tackle sporting corruption, match fixing, and, and, and uh, other corruption areas. And we've been doing this for, for over over 15 years. Um, and we offer a variety of um, different services, broadly speaking, broken down into sort of four areas, uh, which uh, the, the, the key one and the core one is, is what we call our bet monitoring, which is essentially, um, you know, like monitoring the stock exchange for insider trading. We monitor that, you know, the global betting markets for signs for the game may have been corrupted or fixed and then you know report that to the partner and help them investigate we also do a, a lot of work in the education space education programs for athletes and also in the intelligence and investigation space but in terms of our sort of bet monitoring where you know we've been doing this for over 15 years um and we work with over 80 sports governing bodies globally including you know, big global bodies such as fifa ioc and then here in the us we work with over 15 uh, partners, you know, all the major leagues, um, MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLS, NASCAR, United Soccer League, and, and, uh, and others, uh, where, you know, we're, this bet monitoring service is, is, is running, running for them. And, you know, in these 15 years, you know, we have, you know, regularly detected attempts to, to, to fix games. I think over 5,300, uh, since to 2005. And really, um, in the pandemic, uh, we've seen the landscape change and in certain, levels of sport and, and certain sports, you know, the, the threat and the risk uh, increase. I mean, the good news is there's a tiny percentage of matches that are, that are ever deemed uh, as suspicious, um, you know, typically under under 1%, even under 0.5% of the total number of matches that we, we look at or we monitor um, or ever deemed suspicious. Last year, we, we monitored over 600,000 sports fixtures around the world, and it was just over 500 that, that were uh, deemed as 
as suspicious, but really what, the, 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 you know, but any match that's in a court is, is detrimental to, to sport. And really that what we've seen in the pandemic is, um, to, to come back to your original question is, um, uh, match fixers have diversified and looked to exploit the vulnerabilities that the pandemic has caused in terms of obviously a lot more, uh, sports teams, athletes, leagues facing financial hardship. Um, and match fixers have diversified their techniques to look to exploit those that are now, now more vulnerable. Um, yeah. And I can dive into a bit of, um, uh, a bit more detail on some of the, the trends we've seen, um, if, if, if you would like. Yeah, I would actually. Um, I, I don't think people think about the financial hardship that the teams and leagues are, are potentially going through. Um, what more can you tell us about it? Yeah, no, of course. And, um, so yeah, as I touched on last year, we saw just over 520 matches reported as suspicious and, you know, and this is where, in our expert opinion, you know, we are saying that we believe, you know, the, those matches have been targeted by match fixes and six. And that, that's not a decision we, we take lightly, of course. There's a number of steps to, to get to that, what we call escalation stage, because obviously it's, it's, it's a massive thing for a, a sports league if we're telling them that one of their, their games is potentially fixed and they're going to have to look into it. And yeah, really, that last year, those 500 matches, you know, they came from a number um, of, of, of different sports um, around the world, soccer, basketball, esports tennis, table tennis, volleyball, ice hockey, handball, the list goes on. Um, and yeah, some of the sort of key key sort of trends we, we, we saw were, for example, in soccer, um, where, you know, friendly matches, matches sort of played warm-up matches before a season, for example, you know, we saw a 60% increase um, in the number of suspicious matches in 2020 that were soccer friendly to over 50 matches. We saw... Um, you know, the lower tier of sport, if you like, you know, sometimes two, three, four, five divisions down in, in certain sports and countries and, and youth levels uh, being more widely targeted in 2020 than, than previously. For example, in, in soccer alone, um, we saw, I think, it was over 140 suspicious matches from 16 different countries at, at that level. Uh, esports, uh, I think something, you know, you, you've looked at before, Ram, on your, your, um, your podcast, you know, we definitely saw a marked increase there as well. Um, you know, from, from only a handful of suspicious matches in 2019, so close to, to 40 in 2020, uh, 2020 that we reported to pilots, including some uh, in, in, in North America. Um, and, you know, a, a couple of other sports, table tennis saw a massive increase. Table tennis was a sport that yeah. during the pandemic was able to, 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 to keep going more than other sports to say. And, um, yeah, again, we saw a big increase in suspicious matches there and basketball as well globally. Um, we've seen a, a sharp increase in the last two years, really, even before the pandemic, where, you know, last year we saw close to 50 suspicious matches in, in basketball uh, globally. So, yeah, essentially the, the threat of, of match fixing, it, it, it's always been there, but the pandemic has, has heightened it. I want to focus in on just one of those lower tier sports for a moment, table tennis, which got a lot of publicity in America um, during the complete shutdown of most of the sporting leagues in the early parts of the pandemic. And they were one of the few things that were available globally and betters, obviously, whether they had any knowledge of the competitors or the game itself were, were flocking to it. Did you see an increase and do you link that to the amount of attention and exposure or was there always some corruption going on there? It's just we were paying attention to it now because there were less other options. Yeah, I think probably a, a, bit, a bit of a bit of a bit of both. So certainly the fact that um, 
theoretically, of course, if, if, if a sporting event is attracting more 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 of the dollar, more more betting dollars, there's a you know an, an increased uh, a theoretical risk. And as I said, you know we saw an increase in the number of suspicious matches. I mean, it was still a tiny tiny percentage, um, you know, under 0.5 percent of you know, or even lower. I think of the, you know the total amount of table tennis matches that were offered for betting, and, and you know, and that we monitored. So it was similar. I guess percentage prevalence levels to to, 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 to other sports, but certainly the, the theoretical risk level increases in, in a sport where, where where there's more betting, uh, and then you have to you know consider a number of other uh, other factors. But yeah, I mean certainly um we've seen suspicious table tennis matches previously, but yeah, I think you know there was was an increase as it was more widely offered for betting, but yeah, important uh, a tiny tiny percentage of the total number of matches uh, played, and we were able to at least uh, you know where we detected suspicious betting report it to uh, you know, table tennis bodies that were we we know uh, were able to investigate. Uh, can you talk about esports as well? You had brought that up. Obviously, that is a huge. I don't even know if emerging is the right word for it anymore. It's just a massive, massive audience and a massive, massive explosion of competitions that are occurring. Um, and clearly, they're different than a lot of the traditional sports. Um, how do you kind of view keeping integrity for these events when they are still kind of at a nascent level? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we treat esports like, like any other sport where we, you know, we we work with some of the biggest publishers, you know, publicly known, such as you know Activision and Riot Games and and, and a few others around the world. And you know, essentially, from our perspective, it's, it's a betting. You know, we use our you know advanced technology uh, to, to monitor it and and, and you know and, and scan that, and we treat it as as any other sport, and you know, like, like any other sport, you know, we we um, uh, you know use the you know the data and technology available. So you know, we have over six hundred you know sports books operators from around the world in, in our system. Um, you know, and the, the system essentially you know scans scans that that, that data uh, to look for unusual activities, deviations, spikes that might need to be investigated further. And then we have our team of expert analysts that are you know able to um uh you know they understand the sports we're, we're working with and they understand sports betting and this is that you know we have esports experts so you know again they're, they're able to look at the alert you know the system generates thousands of alerts every week and the vast majority there's a reasonable explanation for, for the activity uh that that, that 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 has occurred but when there isn't that's where we're you know digging further and reporting it uh to to our partners but yeah to, to get back to the, the question yeah, yeah, esports very much obviously a growing area generally and, 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 and for sports setting. But, you know, we approach it like any other sport when we're looking to working with a partner to, to monitor it from an integrity perspective. And, and also not, not just the monitoring. Um, we know, you know our esports partners take it very, you know, the integrity very seriously and they're not just bet monitoring, you know, installing bet monitoring there, you know, with us, but we're also helping them design education programs so they can educate their teams and, and, and their players on the important messages there. As well as um, you know, making sure their rules and regulations, etc., are, are robust. Um, your your system, the universal fraud de- detection system, uh, you've kind of touched on a lot of it. But in general, can you kind of tell us how this works? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, Robbie. So, so um, as 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 I touched on earlier, um, you know, essentially, you know, like monitoring the stock exchange for insider trading, we use the technology to. To monitor the global betting markets for signs, you know, a game, a game has been has been fixed, and you know the technology is really phenomenal. We've got over seven billion data sets a day, you know, in a, you know being processed in the system, and more and more we're using artificial intelligence and machine learning to help cut, you know, and sift through that data to, to flag those uh, uh, anomalies for further further investigation. But it really is that two pronged approach, as I, as I spoke about earlier, 
which is you, you know using the technology and the machine, if you like, to, to sift through the data and flag, and then that human element, the two-pronged approach, to then come in and decide if something is ultimately suspicious. And last year, you know, we monitored, um, as I alluded to earlier, over 600,000 matches uh, from over a thousand different leagues and competitions across, you know, 26 different sports. So I, I won't, I won't name, name all those 26 different sports, but you know, pretty much any sport that's available uh, for betting, uh, we were look, looking at. So you know, essentially. You know, in, in simple level, there's you know alerts set up to look for deviations if 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 a, if a price or a line or moves from X to Y. There's an alert generated. It, it, we also get access to individual bets sometimes. So again, you know things programmed to look at those those, those specifically. And I, I guess you can think about as you know looking you know akin akin to an alarm system. You know we we notify our partners when you know essentially the red light starts blinking. Yeah. Uh, you know we'll 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 flag it to them and help them investigate. Um, but you know. Uh, equally, um, you know, the, the, as I said earlier, those, those suspicious instances are, are few and far between, of course, in general, for the total number of matches we, we monitor. Um, but, but when there is an issue, you know, our job is to flag and you know, report it to our partners and you know, potentially help them uh, in, in investigate as well. And as I said, you know, this system, you know, now now being used by you know over 70 sports globally, you know, we recently launched, um, you know, a, a big strategic initiative for, for the company to, to go even further. Um, you know, and essentially, um, you know, make our, our USDS uh, bet monitoring system free of charge to, to any sport that wants to utilize it, given, given what's happened uh, in the pandemic, how, you know, sport is, is facing a much bigger threat than it has. A lot of sports are facing financial hardship. You know, we, we wanted to make our sort of commitment and, and um, uh, what we do in the integrity space even more stronger. Uh-huh. By, by doing what we can and you know essentially we're we're offering our, our service um you know for free to, to any sports league that, that wants to use it to give them to give them that that, that protection I, I think it probably goes without saying um that what you're talking about is the core to your business right i mean if you guys are able to provide the integrity back to the betting operators the leagues um it's an invaluable service yeah, of course, and our integrity services, are, you know, for the sports, the sports leagues, uh, uh, directly, and that, you know, again, is, you know, part of the reason, you know, we're we're, we're doing this and making. We've always offered our, our sport has always offered its integrity services as as a non-profit function of the business because you know it has the data and technology and it wants wants to help maintain the the integrity integrity of sport, you know, and and being this you know fortunate position to be able to do this and this even bolder and stronger commitment. Um, you know, there's something that, that we hope will lead to, to more sports who, uh, you know, who may, you maybe haven't been able to install these integrity measures before being able to do it. You know, for example, a trend we've seen, uh, in, in the US over the last year or two is, is, is more of these, if you want to call it sort of niche and startup leagues or existing smaller leagues that are now, you know, expanding and, and, uh, you know, looking to engage with betting from a, an engagement perspective, which of course is, is very important as regulated sports betting is, is expanding on mass across, across the US. And these, these smaller leagues or startup leagues, you know, it, it's crucial that they have, um, you know, strong integrity measures to protect their athletes and their stakeholders, you know, as betting is, is inevitably going to grow on those sports. You know, for, you know, there's examples out there, you know, with the existing, uh, lacrosse leagues, new lacrosse leagues, rugby, New soccer comp, MMA competitions, drone racing, new volleyball pop-up comp, you know, leagues have started in the US where, you know, 
they're looking to you know engage with betting or betting already happening and it's only going to grow and we're already talking to and, and, and working on the integrity side with with several several of, of, of those leagues and again you know this is one of the key reasons again why sport radar is, is, is launching this uh, strategic in, uh, initiative with our our us uh, ds commitment hopefully the pandemic comes to an end and some of these issues maybe alleviate themselves and we just get the world back as well andy cunningham is the head of integrity at sport radar thank you so much for joining us andy thank you brad thanks, thanks for having me On the next Future Sport Podcast, as youth sports reopen, modern tech is attempting to change their game. As social distancing ease, you know, there'd still be a lot of people who couldn't get to the game. Really excited our team to think about video streaming and uh, and bringing, you know, youth sports in, you know, into pe- onto people's phones, into their homes when, when, you know, when they couldn't be at the game. That's Samir Ahuja, Chief Operating Officer of Game Changer, where sharing the moments from youth sports just became an achievable option. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.